Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Crouch's Couch. We've got some great Champions League first leg action to cover, as well as some high-flying Premier League derbies. As usual, you have your host, Madison, CSG, and Jack. CSG, Jack, how's it going? Great, how you doing? Not too shabby, Jack. I'm feeling about as good as uh, Pep Guardiola at halftime this weekend. <laughs> Excellent. Well, hopefully you'll feel a little more like Jose afterwards when we're done here. All right, let's get started. First of all, probably the biggest news this week. Ronaldo, Ronaldo's goals, Ronaldo's goal, his high-flying bicycle kick. CSG, is he the affirmed king of the Champions League? Unequivocal, 100%. He is the man of the Champions League. Absolute legend. I mean, what we've seen, performance after performance, that he turns in every single Tuesday or Wednesday just stuns me every time. I mean, first goal, a little bit of quality sneaking on the near post, and then that second goal, just pure magic out of Ronaldo. Jack, can you can you concede on, on Messi being the best in the Champs League? I'm tempted on principle to agree with Zlatan that it was a pretty goal, but he should have tried it from 40. But upon watching it for probably the 70th time mm-hmm. just a second ago, um, it, he's unbelievable. What a f- absolute banger of a goal. And his first goal was no slouch either. It was just like a pure predator goal. Kind of goes back to what we've consistently been talking about with uh, how he's shifted his game. I mean, the the man's incredible, and the Champions League stage plays to everything that's good about him. It's true, and he just keeps continually finding himself coming in from that wing and in the striker position finishing these balls. I mean, that the second goal that he scored was a, a very, very odd play with Chiellini knocking that ball out from Buffon. You should have had an assist on that goal. At the second assist. <laughs> he Yeah, so he got it, collected in the corner, was very unselfish passing it out, and then just, Matt, was it Carvajal who crossed it in? Yeah. Yeah, and then just magic on the finish. I, I was, I think the most surprising thing I saw in that game was when Marcelo dimed up a few guys on the top of the box, mm-hmm. slotted it across to Ronaldo in the middle of the box, and Ronaldo didn't wind up and shoot for a <laughs> hat trick ceiling goal, but rather passed it back to Marcelo, who had the cheekiest little right footed chip over Buffon. So clever. He's maturing so before clever. our eyes. <laughs> Only reason he passed it is because he's best friends with Marcelo. Any other player, he would have shot. <laughs> Don't tell me if Sergio Ramos wasn't flying into the box that he wouldn't have fed him there. Sergio Ramos is just as a good goal scorer as Ronaldo is, I feel like. <laughs> Sergio Ramos just, uh, just broke the record for most yellow cards in European history this past weekend. Makes me so happy. Unbelievable. He's the oh, best. Yeah. You always know he's good for he a card. He also has the most red cards in uh, Spanish history on top of the most yellows. Yeah. Those are the best kinds of players. The dude has like 55 career red cards. It's amazing. And uh, I it was really surprising because I think Pepe only had like three. Oh, the dynamic <laughs> duo. Or at least kind of crazy. Red cards. Yeah, they were, the, they were the most risky combo of all time when they were back well, there. They were, their main goal was just to crunch Messi. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. I would I would have told them to do the same thing. I don't know. Some of them got a little dirty. Oh, I totally agree. Pepe was not a clean tackler. <laughs> so touching, let's touch on Juve a little bit. I didn't think they looked horrible. I thought Quadrado looked horrible. And but the most, the thing I was most disappointed with was DiBala getting so frustrated at a point in the game. What was it? The sixty fifth, seventieth minute when he leapt up and just kicked Carvajal in the chest. In not like quite to John. Young, not quite De Jong style, but a similar similar outcome there. When he's already on a yellow, and you know that's just a dumb play, and he's getting sent off and just ruining any possible chance to seal up, score a goal, and bring it to bring it to the next leg. CSG, what did you see out of Juve? I mean, based on the ball point, that was just a lack of maturity from a young kid. Uh, tough to keep your hindsight twenty twenty. You can't do stuff like that. And also going forward as a player maturing, and that'll come with time. But overall, I feel like Juve usually a team for the big occasion. Max Allegri gets his players ready for Champs League because, for the most part, uh, Serie A has been wrapped up pretty easily by them the last, whatever, five or six odd years, minus this year. But Max Allegri just gets his boys ready, and they perform in the Champs League. But I don't know why that, I don't know, that Tuesday night just seemed flat it seemed a little dull it was almost like they were kind of going oh shit we have to play real madrid again and real madrid always perform well in the champs league because that's kind of their thing lately so i don't know it was a little disappointing from the get-go i agree with you jack yeah i mean both of ronaldo's goals were unstoppable i thought Juve had some positive moves going forward dibala before he lost his cool it's real close on that free kick oh yeah um and I thought he was positive going forward. Uh, obviously, he needs to fix some uh, temperament issues. Um, he has some other weird things, too. Like, uh, he apparently turned down a Barcelona move this summer because he, quote, can't play with Messi. Interesting. Well, he's not on the Argentinian squad. Uh, he wasn't this past time. There was a few... There, there were some really surprising uh, omissions from that Argentinian squad. Yeah, isn't it him, Icardi? Icardi, Icardi was left off, and he's, uh, production-wise, one of the top four strikers in the world right now. Production-wise meaning goals? Meaning goals. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, and he was left off too. So I don't really understand what's going on with that Argentina team. But, I mean, as for Juve... I thought they were fine. I just, especially with their core defenders aging and Buffon aging, I just don't know if they really have it to make waves in the Champions League anymore. It seems like they're going to have to uh, retool with some more players like Dybala, but really kind of get younger. Let's move on and chat Bayern Sevilla. Sevilla starting out with an early 1-0 lead, possibly off a handball, but nonetheless scored. And Bayern coming back with two hard deflection goals. Jack, what did you think about this fixture? Did Sevilla deserve a result? I don't know if they necessarily deserved a result. They created a lot of chances. Uh, This fixture did kind of give me the impression that of the teams that look likely to move on to the semis, Bayern looked the weakest. I thought they looked worse than Madrid, Liverpool, and Barca um, by a good amount. 
So it'll be interesting to see that if, I mean, they do pull it out against Sevilla and win the second leg as well, how they'll fare at the next stage. Interesting. CSG, what'd you see in this fixture? Can't say I'm uh, the biggest Sevilla supporter or watch a lot of their matches, but wow, they generate just a ton of chances. Mm-hmm. I feel like in the last, whatever, 20, 30 odd minutes of that Manchester United game, and then also just throughout the 90 against Bayern Munich, I feel like every other time they went up the field, they could have scored like a decent goal. So that was pretty impressive. And yeah, I mean, I agree with Jack's point. Bayern Munich definitely looked not as potent as you would uh, usually assume out of the Bavarian Giants. I agree, and they're going to take them back, and I think probably manhandle them in the next in the next leg. But hopefully, Sevilla puts up a fight. Yeah, Sevilla are perennial uh, Europa League champions. They are. They do well uh, in Europe. They know how to play in Europe. Make it at the next level. All right, let's move on. City-Liverpool. Liverpool shocks City again, beating them for the second time this year. Amazing first 30 minutes with goals from who? Oxlade-Chamberlain, Salah, and Mane. CSG, does Liverpool have City's number? I feel like it might be more... uh more a Jurgen Klopp. I think his style is conducive for combating Pep's more uh, prettier way of playing soccer. And mm-hmm. I mean, Jurgen Klopp's got that classic heavy metal, fo- heavy metal football where they go out, run around a million miles an hour and basically just try and go as quickly as possible to the other team's goal to score goals. So love to see that. And I think he's really just Pep's kryptonite, which is, very entertaining to see because I'm not the uh, biggest Pep Guardiola fan. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it reared its head at the Dortmund Bayern rivalry, and now it's rearing its head again in the City Liverpool rivalry that's developing here. And up until this week, it seemed as though City or Liverpool was the only team that could compete with City. But we'll chat about that in a bit. How United turned them over. Jack, what did you see in this game? I mean, I. Th- thought this game was kind of indicative of both managers' styles. Uh, Pep Guardiola is notoriously incredibly meticulous and really likes to control every little aspect of the game. He came out with a very kind of unique lineup, tried to overload one side, had like uh, kind of an offset defense and an offset lineup, whereas Jurgen Klopp just wants chaos and he wants his team to go out there cause chaos, bounce on the mistakes, and capitalize. And that seems to work against Pep. If you can go out there and you can just, like, uh, cause a ruckus and then you have an attacking three like Liverpool, it's uh, bad news. That front three thrives off oh, yeah. chaos. Just pure They're chaos. So fast. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, like we saw in the in the first goal that Salah scored, he was just hawking for the ball on the outside, waiting on the wing. And I think Milner received the ball off of a tackle and just shelled it out, spun it around the end of the channel there for Salah to get on, cut inside. And then there it was just havoc in the box, and Firmino ended up poking it across to Salah, who took a great touch and finished. I mean, it feels like when Salah just steps on a football pitch and looks at the ball, the ball's going to end up in the back of the net, no questions <laughs> asked. The guy's magic. It's true, and that the most informed player. That groin injury, that groin injury might be bad news 
if it's if it's serious that is does liverpool does liverpool lose some of their firepower there how how big of a loss is that from it's huge i mean it any loss to that front three is huge for Liverpool. They're thriving off it. All of a sudden, as well, they finally have their defense figured out, it seems. Doesn't look like they paid too much for Virgil van Dijk. Next year, they have Navy Keita coming in, and that dude is filthy. Just like, yeah. Is he signed? Oh, yeah, yeah he's signed. So. Um, and he is just like an absolute wrecking ball in the middle of the field. Um, injuries to their attack though like that could really curtail the um, ceiling that this team has and they have a huge ceiling yeah I mean Lallana's no slouch but he's no Mo Salah no not definitely not that, it, that injury might decimate this attacking force alright let's move on to a an exciting game a predictable game Barcelona-Roma Barcelona taking it home off of some incredible finishes from Roma players <laughs> into their own net. Roma, Roma, he's not, he's, I'm not sure if he's captain, but stalwart De Rossi with an incredible curling sliding finish from the top of the 18 into his own side netting past Allison. Allison had no chance. No chance whatsoever. Jack, is this, is this, Unlucky own goals, or is this Barca causing these? I mean, obviously, with all own goals, luck plays a factor. But Barca have had an astonishing number of own goals uh, go their way this year. They've had, I believe, eight in the Champions League and nine in the league, or that could be flipped. But um, I think it a lot of it stems from Barcelona work the ball up and get the ball into really dangerous positions where defenders have to take a gamble, either make a lunge and get a touch on the ball in a dangerous spot or let it slide to Messi, PK, Umtiti, name your poison for an easy tap-in. Also notice how two of the poisons I named are Barca center backs who always seem to find their way into the opposing six. I swear PK spends more time in, in the opposition's 18 than he does in his own. He is a poacher at heart. <laughs> CSG, what can we glean from this game? I honestly thought Roma were just like just really, really unlucky to go back to Rome with a 4-1 deficit. I didn't feel the a three-goal margin favorable to Barca is indicative of kind of how the game should have gone, but I mean, Barcelona definitely deserved a lead just maybe of not that uh, magnitude because Roma do have some class in their side. I mean, Edin Dzeko, I feel like, just scores boatloads of goals, whether he's in the Premier League, the um, Bundesliga, and then now all in Serie A. He just scores when he wants. He posterized Jordi Alba. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jordi just could not get around his shield. Mm-hmm. He's a big guy. All right, so we... Covered all the all the Champs League games here. So some some new stuff coming out for next season in the Champs League. Some new rules that they added to hopefully make it more fair, more exciting, what have you. Number one, players are going to be able to represent more than one club in Euro tournaments in a year. So players can't be cup tied, 
And if you played in the, if you get transferred, basically for the players that get transferred in January, you can play. There's no Coutinho rules at this point. That's how do we feel about that? Let's speed this rule change up so Coutinho can <laughs> play in the final. Seriously, I mean, I love it. I've been absolutely harping on this rule for the past two or three years. You can ask our good buddy Jack Ferguson. I feel like I bring this debate up every every couple of months about being cup tied and how I think it's silly. <laughs> but glad it's finally getting implemented and changed next year. Why is Jack Ferguson Definitely. against that? He's a Chelsea fan, and Chelsea <laughs> would benefit the most from being able to bring back players whenever they want. They have like a thousand players on loan right now. <laughs> they do. It's true. All right. Other rules being implemented: twelve substitutes can be named in the final game. Uh, I'm assuming that's to help with yellow card bans and injuries, and since it's the last game of the season for teams, um, and <laughs> and they're allowing a fourth substitute in extra time in these elimination games. I'm against the fourth substitute in extra time. Um. I think that uh, that immediately takes away from the all-time appeal of like the Dirk Kouts and Park Ji Sungs <laughs> of the world, just the engines, the N'Golo Kantes who can go forever, and all of a sudden you're gonna have just like bring on specialists in extra time. Also, I think it unfairly advantages clubs like Barca and Madrid who can bring just crazy players off the bench with an extra substitute. And fresh legs. And yeah, bringing a sense, you know. Yeah, it's pretty fair. But also on the other end of this is the Champions League and I want to see the highest quality throughout 90 minutes and also throughout 120 minutes. So if you can bring a fresh set of legs on who can run up and down the channels, then I'm all for it. Yeah, I understand that. Also, another rule about like um, yellow card accumulation, that absolutely drives me up a wall. Yellow card accumulation really, really irks me, especially in a Champs League final when you have essentially Chelsea starting 11 banned because of yellow cards. <laughs> okay, well, maybe don't oh. pack so much. <laughs> I like the thought I don't like when I'm watching the game and I think, oh, shit, where are these three guys? Oh, they got three yellows. That's a tough one, but at the same time, it does yeah, prevent people. I can see the pros and cons of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right, so those are the new Champions League rules. Let's move on to big old derby weekend of the Prem. Big weekend of fun games, of high-flying, high-kicking, and <laughs> big cleating from Ashley Young. <laughs> let's, talk, let's talk first Liverpool-Everton. Slightly boring match. Liverpool pretty much played their B team out there. Ended 0-0. CSG, what did you see in this game? I mean, without me going on a rant, just first 45 minutes, why did I wake up? 7.30 in the morning on the East Coast. (laughs) Absolutely silly for me to wake up that time. All of a sudden, like last 15, 20 minutes, Everton are like, oh, hey, we have actually players who can go forward. And though they kind of start getting after it. Big Sam pulls Wayne Rooney off because he said Rooney didn't have the legs. But then that's when like the chances started to flow, and that's where I feel like Wayne Rooney is the type of player that can get on the end of those chances when Everton start generating them. And so a little disappointing to see their best goal scorer, I think, at the club currently being yanked off in the 60th minute. It's really tough, especially with Sank Tosun, this 
Turkish signing that they've had for a few months now isn't really producing up top, especially in that game. He missed some chances that you could argue argue that Rooney would have scored. But again, that's the that's the same debate as oh, if Landon Donovan were in against Belgium, we might have had a chance. We'll we'll never know. I hate what a throwback. <laughs> throwback. Jack, what'd you see in this derby? Well, I've long been a Calvert-Lewin defender. I thought he played great, though he did miss an absolute sitter to win the game. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was he was exciting. He was dynamic. He's young. Um, I love Everton, so I'm excited to see uh, what he can do in the future. It's been a hard love this year, but, you know. I agree. He should... Honestly, he should be playing in the NFL or the NBA. So I'm glad we get to see him out on the pitch there because he's a hell of an athlete, hell of a talent. I'm excited. I'm excited to see him bulk up and be a be a force in the air, and hopefully get his feet right and be a force on the ground as well in years to come. Also, Seamus Coleman is still the man. <laughs> the Irishman in me might be creating some bias, but he is exciting down the wing. And I am a huge Coleman fan. <laughs> if you call above average right backs in the Premier League the man, then yes, I agree with you. <laughs> he gets in faces. I like it. He does. And he's and he came back beautifully from that horrific leg injury. Oh yeah. It was it was just good to see him playing. It was, for sure. I agree. That's always good to see. Alright, moving on. The game, the game of the week, the game of the the year in the Premier League for me at least. This Manchester derby, Manchester was blue for forty five minutes. It was bluer than it ever has been, and then Paul Pogba was released to the attacking realm and put them put them even. And then who scored the who scored the winner? Chris Smalling. Chris Smalling. Who would have guessed? Manchester, Manchester's red. What are the biggest story? So much to talk about. What are the biggest storylines in this game, Jack? I think a huge one is that there's clearly a way to use Paul Pogba, and Jose Mourinho seems to be incredibly reluctant to do it consistently. Like you, you just gotta let him go forward. He's so dynamic, and he he has the potential to create or to facilitate the entire United attack and you saw a glimpse of that in the second half when he just unleashed himself on City but then also um, you see it all the time in France when he plays great for the French team because he's allowed just to go forward and attack and kind of like be creative himself and not forced into Mourinho's rigid system. It's true, and I, I agree that he's most effective in that floating role where he's got space to operate, kind of at a it's it's lower than Hazard, but kind of in a similar role where he can he can roam and and create. And it's tough for me because especially Mourinho, a guy who really relies on discipline for his teams, it's tough to give a Pogba's not a deviant, but he's a he definitely isn't the most responsible of, of footballers out there. And so giving him a license to roam is, I feel like sometimes something you don't want to be doing with a, with a young star, a young social media kid like Pablo, like Pogba. But I mean, if when you're scoring two goals to tie it up at the Manchester Derby to not let that cup get shoved right in your face that day, 
it's hard to argue with the fact that he shouldn't be playing there all the time. CSG, what did you see in this derby? So, I mean, before I get to the derby, just there's so many items to talk about. On Paul Pogba, his best days were at Juve. It's because he had a deep-line playmaker in Andre Pilo who could pull the strings from the center midfield. And also, he was alongside Arturo Vidal, who and never stops running. So, when you're paired with those two guys holding down the fort, you're allowed that license to go and kind of hang out and be that box-to-box midfielder that maximizes potential. And also with France, he's got N'Golo Conte protecting him. Every time France loses the ball, N'Golo Conte wins the ball back. So like, and Matuidi. So, I mean, now he has um, also Modic, which is one of, if not the second-best defensive mid in the Premier League right behind Fernandinho, protecting him. So I feel like he should <laughs> okay. still... Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I, I don't think either of those two are in the top two defensive mids... Or maybe in the Prem, but not in the yeah, world. Yeah, Prem. Well, not in the world, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sergio Busquets <laughs> is sweet. <laughs> but, I mean, right from the get-go, Man City just looked like that Pep's classic Man City, just absolutely manhandling the game, having their ways, generating chances. But that's that old tale of where if you don't put away those chances and kill the game, it comes back to haunt you, and that's exactly what happened in the second half. Jose Mourinho, you think, is going to go in and give a, give a Sir Alex Ferguson a hair dryer to the players at halftime, but no, he comes in calmly and says, guys, don't be clowns, and basically don't lose the Premier League to Man City, your arch rivals, at their place in a derby. And sure enough, that stuck with the players. They came out, and Pogba just, wow. Two goals in 90 seconds, absolutely amazing stuff from him. Wild scenes in Manchester this weekend. Wild, wild scenes. And I can't help but put some... How about that Gundogan? Which goal? Oh. Gundogan. Oh my god. The Gundogan goal? That spin off his left foot, and then was that outside of his foot, or did he just do it? That dish... It was like toe That dish from Sterling was such a pocket pass, yeah. too. That was, that was incredible, actually. All around amazing. And companies, header with Smalling dragging him to the earth with his jersey... <laughs> Also, Company has one of the best celebrations in the Prem, if not the world. That man is just oozes passion when that it's, ball hits the back of the It's got to be it's easy insane. to head the ball, though, when your forehead is bigger than the entire soccer ball. <laughs> Such a big dog. That man has a fucking canvas with which to hit the ball. <laughs> Enormous. I was hope so in the... Addressing the first half, I thought Sterling is is to blame for not putting this game away. He had three chances in the first half and one in the second where he he was playing their false nine in the first half, which took me a while to deduce because Pep is often playing wild wild formation changes from defense to attack. It was like an offset false nine. It was so weird. It was very weird. But regardless, he got they got him into the positions and he had the opportunities and he didn't finish. No. Um, in the second half, I was, I was almost, I didn't want City to win it on this day, but I was almost hoping for City to tie it back up and then a Aguero 2.0 come in and finish the game. Or KDB. Have, huh? I said or KDB. Or KDB, but Aguero just reminiscent of his 2011-2012 winner and finish it and win the Premier League right there and then. Is De Gea continually proves himself as the best keeper in the world? Was was today 
was today a continuation of that? Yeah, he had that one game? save. I forget who it was on, but Aguero's header at the he end. Had that like one reaction save was unbelievable. Everybody was shocked. The United players were just high fiving him, and the City players were just looked flabbergasted when that didn't go in. A, a big two two big moments. From Ashley Young in this game, two big turning point moments, penalty shouts on both on both sides for very very different acts. The handball shout at the beginning when it was nil nil and around the tenth minute, CSG, what happened? So ball gets played in. Ashley Young slips, and <laughs> the ball hits his hand. So I can see it like going being a PK but not being a PK. But my take is that. It was a PK because he was a little mischievous with the how long he left his hand on the floor for as the ball is rolling by. And how high that ball flew after he punched it. <laughs> I think we know where you you stand, Maddie. now. <laughs> Jack? Oh, I don't think that was a PK. I, his, <laughs> his hand was on the ground. Ow! What? His hand was on the ground. Far post. No. The ball went flying! No, he punched no, it. no, no, no. <laughs> amazing, amazing contact. Hmm. So after that first penalty shout, we had a second one. Worse. I don't know if I don't know if it was purposeful. I hope not because it looked gruesome. CSG was this one a penalty? Absolutely. I mean, you come in studs up over the ball on a player's. Shin, that's a tough one to turn your head the other way. But, I mean, the ref just had to have not have seen it or had a good angle. But, luckily for United, they snuck out of there with three points and didn't get the title one right in their face. And I, I, can't, I can't help but think that Ashley Young would have been sent off for that tackle as well. So, a penalty and a sending off would have been probably a death wish for United at that point. Uh, Jack, can you agree that this one was a penalty? Yeah, it was definitely a penalty. Um in real time, it looked kind of iffy 50-50, but upon replay, it was clearly studs over the ball into the shin. Definitely a penalty. Though I will say, um, about 20 seconds later, Lingard got absolutely crunched at midfield. Oh, yeah. Oh, they were coming back. They were coming back at, at them for that tackle. I don't, I don't even know because the, there was almost no time for the tackle to register. It was like bang, bang, because the ball was immediately to Lingard, and then he just got absolutely bodied by three different people. Yeah. Two of them being Fernandino and company, who I do not want sandwiching me. Oh, God. That's, those are the last two players on the, on the field that I would want to be even near. All right, let's move on. Let's cap off this segment with our... Let's cap off the episode with our final segment, the 91st minute. Let's keep the answer short and sweet, boys. Number one, what is the best way to ignite the Pep-Jose bitter rivalry again? CSG? I think it's got to be a Jose Mourinho flick in the back of a, an assistant's ear like they did in the uh, <laughs> Barca-Real Madrid days. Would love one of those. <laughs> Jack? They should resign from the Manchester clubs, and one should take Rangers, and the other should take Celtic. <laughs> I absolutely see what love they it. can do with worst players in just an absolutely heated rivalry. 
I'm thinking the best way is for a, a Chelsea Spurs-like brawl from last year and have the managers get tied up and see the, the that two. That already happened this year. Well, but see the two biggest talking managers get in there and see what see what happens when fists start flying. <laughs> no, did you did you hear about that at the first derby this year? What? When a uh, city were partying too oh, hard, with like, with like the milk, Old Trafford, and uh, and basically Jose came in and told them to party quieter, and a brawl erupted, and someone got all like uh, an assistant coach got bloodied. Ederson was throwing punches. Yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> there was, and uh, apparently um, there's allegedly no footage, even though it happened in the tunnel where we know there are cameras. Mm-hmm. So That's funny. Both obviously, clubs, they didn't. Both clubs just wanted to scrap it. Yeah. All right, let's, next question. How many pairs of glasses will Jurgen Klopp break by the end of the season? CSG. I'm saying it's over a half a dozen. That man is just <laughs> nuts when they score. His antics running up and down the sideline, hugging players, smashing glasses. What more do you want at a heavy metal football? <laughs> Jack? Oh, yeah. It's upwards of four or five. Um, if I were a glasses brand, I would sponsor his glasses and just provide him a new pair every game on the express condition that if they score, he has to break them. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm with you. Four or five, six, hopefully 12. Hopefully we see hopefully. lots more goals, lots more broken glasses. Team Baker's dozen. <laughs> Next question. Most missed player in the Prem, Jack. Missed player in the Prem. Um, it's got to be Dirk Count. That dude was an engine. He was just flying engine. around the field. I mean <laughs> – Either him or Rude Van Nisselrooy. Love it. CSG? Mine this week, it's got to be Peter Crouch. He sent out that tweet of him and his little bicycle scissor kick and being like, only a few of us in the world can do it in response to Ronaldo's bike and <laughs> absolutely hilarious out of Crouch. He's just so great. We at Crouch's Couch have a special affinity for the long-legged Englishman. He's still he's still priming around, hanging on Stoke, coming in late in the game, but he will be he'll be forever missed. He's their closer. Mine right now, mine right now is Arjen Robin because he was around when the days of diving were still not booked, and so he would just flop on the ground, and the center backs would get in his face. I would love to see Company versus Robin and have Robin dive on him because Company does Company lets you hear it. If you fall on the ground and he didn't touch yeah. you. Totally. Next question. When will England be bounced from the World Cup, Jack? Group stage. Group stage? CSG. Yeah, they're absolute they're gonna choke. Yeah, I mean, I've been quote unquote probably an England hater. And like the <laughs> national team for a while. It's just comical for me whenever England gets their hopes up every four years and then they just go out and underperform wildly, and I don't think this year in Russia is going to be any different. I'm, I'm, I have some hope. I'm saying quarterfinals. Wow. I, I think they get in, and I think they bounce. The quarters? The quarters. They don't even Who's know in who your number one Who are they making is. it over? It's all about matchups. Who are they making it, it over? To that. It's you and your yeah, group. Who, who, who's in your quarterfinals? Who's not making the quarters that England's going to make instead? 
I have no idea. I mean, I'm just putting them in the quarters. Spain, Germany, young, Brazil, young Argentina, kids. France, <laughs> Belgium. We can go and we'll save it for the World Cup episode. Ghana. <laughs> Ghana's not even Saudi there. Saudi Arabia. Ghana's not going to Russia. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Italy, Chile, well, yes. United States. Yes. They're all making it. All right, great stuff today, guys. Thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of Crouch's Couch. Follow us on SoundCloud. Follow us on Apple Music. Download the podcast. Listen as much as you want. We'll keep making them if you guys keep listening. Thanks for all the support. Thank you, CSG. Thank you, Jack. And we'll see you all next week. Cheers, boys.